This is going to shock people who have not been paying attention to the party and the sexual left. And it's not something I want little kids to hear. In fact, I don't think it's something I want teens to hear. Let's listen to a little bit of a words here from a professor. Well, there's a couple of things to say here. One is, even if you are looking for a threshold, let's say there's a threshold. I'm making this number up, but let's say it's at age eight. Um, still, that tells you that some adult child sex is permissible. Does it? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now... From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And the world's traveling backwards. The party is taking us back to a time where children existed for the amusement of adults. Back in the day when we spent a lot of time at a skating rink, there was a just lovely, cute little girl. And I knew her father. Her father's name is Shri. Such an incredibly beautiful family. Um, I don't remember his wife's name. I knew the family because in when you're, you know, pursuing uh, national titles, as, as our daughter was, um, you spend a lot of time together. And this girl was so cute. Uh, they are an, a family of Eastern Indian origin. And I started to play this game with her one day. And I, I don't know where it came from. I, I absolutely adore the imagination of children. And she was eating uh, <laughs> she was eating a banana at the skating rink. And so I walked by. I said, hey, where, where'd you get that banana? And she said, mom. I said, are you sure? Because I saw a monkey outside in the parking lot and that monkey was really upset because he said that he had bananas and then he couldn't find his bananas you didn't take the monkey's bananas did you she just got this huge grin she goes no i said are you sure because he seems like a pretty honest monkey and she said no well maybe we should go talk to the monkey <laughs> okay is he mad well, he's a little upset. Do you think you might share your banana with the monkey? No. <laughs> and we started to play this game with cows. One day she was drinking chocolate milk and I asked her where she got it. And she said, not from the cow. I said, it didn't come from a cow. And she said, not from a cow. I said, well, I'm asking because that's brown milk. She goes, it's chocolate. I said, yes, but there's a brown cow in the parking lot. And, and she told me that someone came by and took some of her brown milk. That wasn't you, was it? No. Kids play these games. My, my daughter and her cousins, we used to go to the lake. Um, and there, was this, there, were, um, there were these fish that were hard to catch. Little perch, things like that, hard to catch. 
And, you know, we would go fishing, but we'd also swim under the dock and look at them. And there was this, there's this one fish that just hung out by the dock all day. So we invented a song. Tell you about a fish named Clever. Never been caught. No, never. And, and my daughter and her cousins still remember that whole song that we made up about how it was impossible to catch this fish. And the fish took on these mythic proportions and, and the kids would come and go, dad or uncle Todd, we saw, we saw clever. He has friends. Now he's teaching the other fish how not to get caught. And in their mind, it was this, it was this real thing. And I just love the imagination of children, which is why it is an absolute obscenity that a grown man, a professor is making the case or thinks he is that it is okay for adults to sexually gratify themselves with the body of children, bodies of children. I mean, that's one of the core psychological reasons why it is obscene. Children have not developed the discernment necessary to, to, to break apart something as complex as human sexuality. And I know that this guy would say, oh, no, it's, it's very simple. It feels good. There, therefore, I can't see the evil in it. Well, eating yourself goofy 10 days in a row feels good. And there's a whole lot of things that feel good. Getting high feels good. And I mean, I don't look, I grew up in an era where sniffing glue was an actual thing. I think the Rones wrote the song about sniffing glue. It was an actual thing. There were people who did that and it felt good. And the act of sexuality when you're old enough can, well, it does feel good. Kids simply are not developed enough to understand the complexity that comes with that. And adults with their developed minds, and particularly a professor, you think you can't talk a kid into doing something the kid doesn't understand? Honey, Santa's here. How'd Santa get in the house? Oh, he shrunk himself and came down through the... um, Came down through the chimney. Oh, he can do that? Yeah. I remember being in Virginia when we lived back there. I was there for a year and a half or, you know, working in, in politics. And my family came back for about six months of that. And I remember my daughter was panicked. It's, Dad, there's no chimney here. There's, we don't have a fireplace. How is Santa going to get in here? And I don't even remember the excuse I came up with. I fashioned some sort of excuse. She was already to the point where she was sort of doubting Santa. And, but I came up with some excuse and it satisfied her. This shouldn't surprise people who've been paying attention to the radio show that I did before we started the podcast. This stuff has been on the march forever. And it's a byproduct of the very important tactic of the party. The party has to remove God. They have to remove God. Because if there's God, then there's authority. And if there's authority, then there's rules. And if there's rules, then the party has to live within those rules. They can't, they can't stand rules. Rules are an impediment to the party's great grand vision of them being rulers through their own desires. 
And this is an extension of adults using kids as their pleasure poodles. And it's not isolated. Now, in terms of the number of adults who are actually raping children, I believe that's grown. I believe it's grown precipitously. I think the number of of kidnapped and missing children is one day going to be discovered to be connected to this. I know that through the internet, it's far easier for pedophiles to connect with one another and exchange pictures with one another. And I know that that the absolute pit of evil known as Pornhub feeds that desire. I know that. You know, our minds, these fragile things. People get addicted to porn. And listen, listen, please hear me. I, I'm not here calling you a pedophile if you watch porn. I, I am I am asking you to stop. And I'm here as a fellow man to tell you, hey, I've watched it. And the Lord delivered me from it before I even became a Jesus needer. And I'll just I'll just give this to you as a fellow man. You are probably watching um, girls get raped. Just so you know. Next time you turn on Pornhub, just remember you're probably watching a rape of someone's daughter and just reflect on that feeling instead of the, the feelings and the hormone hormonal release that comes with it. I'm sorry to be blunt guys. I'm sorry to be blunt, but every time you're on that site, you are driving a money machine that is creating a, a need perceived need, a desire in men to, to gratify themselves sexually using the bodies of little children. In other words, to rape them. So when you remove God from the equation, it gets real easy. Do what you want. And when nothing is forbidden, all is allowed. And so this professor, because he's a philosophy professor, he gets to say these things, and look, I don't know if, I, I don't have any idea if this guy is a pedophile, but I, I'm wondering when CNN's going to hire him. Oh, I'm not kidding. Why would he not be hired by CNN? They have a culture which is an over-sexualized, we are our own God's culture. We, we, are, we are appetite. What are we? We are appetite. What are you? I'm appetite. That's what I am. I'm appetite. So why would they not hire Fredonia philosophy professor Stephen Kirshner? With the problems they have with their producers over there seeking to rape and, in fact, getting to rape children. With the help of parents, it seems, in one case. But incidentally, that's sort of disappeared from the news, hasn't it? That's weird. This is very hard to listen to. And this is a couple clips of this professor who just chose to go say these things online. This is an extension of one love. This is an extent. And listen, I am not calling gay people pedophiles. I am saying that the acceptance, I'm not calling gay people pedophiles. I want to underline that. This is the acceptance. This is the false tolerance 
this is the outgrowth of there is no wrong. There is no right. This is the outgrowth of love. Love is love. Love is love. This is the outgrowth, the growth of lust equals love and love equals lust. And love is love is orgasm and orgasm is love. And, and, and this is the outgrowth of that. And it's by the way, when I say that it's been been coming on for years, you can listen. Well, I guess you can't any longer. But on the archives of the radio show, we started talking about this five or six years ago, that this was the next step. That the next thing to plant onto the rainbow flag was the phrase they've come up with, minor attracted persons. That was the next thing. That must be planted. We had our friend Katie Faust on, um, us before them, author of that, group, of that book with her friend Stacy Manning. And she talked about all the ways adults are putting their desires ahead of children. Like you have three men. One of them now pretends to be a woman. They're in a trerage. Now, all three of them are, quote, married. One of them used to date the daughter of the guy who now says he's a woman. And now he is, quote, trerried to the father of the girl he dated, except now the father is a woman. And they have adopted a baby together. Or, or was that the case where they did artificial insemination? No, I think it was. And that baby will grow up in an utter state of confusion. And have stolen from the child the knowledge of who their parent is. So this is this has been being this has been intentionally pushed for quite a long while. This is the Overton window in play. So let's listen to the uh, the professor here as in this first clip he uh, talks a little bit about. Well, this. Imagine that an adult male uh, wants to have sex with a 12 year old girl. Imagine that she's a willing participant. A, a very standard, very widely held view that there's something deeply wrong about this, and it's wrong independent of it being criminalized. It's not obvious to me that it is, in fact, wrong. I think this is a mistake, and I think that exploring why it's a mistake will tell us not only things about adult child sex and statutory rape, but also about fundamental principles of morality. Great. Let's, let's explore that a little bit. Um, you have a mental capacity far larger, far more pronounced. You have schemes, intelligence, ways to con. You have a basis of authority with the child where a child is going to listen to you because of the basis of authority. You have physical force. You have imposition of your will. You have all of these things on your side. And that's why I use the example of creating these little pretend worlds for kids that they bought into. You have that ability. And there's all sorts of ways to force and con and cajole, right? Up to and including this. I looked at you, bud. If I wanted to physically overpower you, I wouldn't even break a sweat. And look, I, I, I don't see the problem with that. I, I, I don't inherently think it's wrong for me to physically overpower you and put you on the ground and rub your face in the carpet because that's what I feel like doing. And that's my flesh speaking. And thank the Lord for the presence of the Holy Spirit in me. 
And if I could be equally blunt, you better thank the Lord for the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and other people, because what you are saying here is you don't see the problem with taking the least of these for your own personal gratification. That's what you're saying. And it's clear to me that this guy enjoys the removal of God because the Lord is so clear. First Thessalonians four, three through five, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Colossians 3, verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Oh, and the the other aspect of this is what you, in fact, face here, professor. See, thank the Lord Almighty for the presence of the Holy Spirit in me, but I will tell you this. If I came upon you sexually gratifying yourself upon a child, I would kill you. I would end your life. And then I would have be forced to beg forgiveness. But professor, I promise you, there's a whole bunch of us that if we came upon you doing such a thing, we wouldn't see anything particularly wrong with ending you. And we can just take an extension of your thought, Professor. Absent law. And again, I'm deeply grateful for the Holy Spirit. And it's going to take me a while to unwind my anger on this. Because I've seen the results of men like you. I've seen what you do. See, the psyche of children is so fragile because it's developing. Because it's not yet fully set. Your, your, your identity doesn't really solidify until you're 28. 25 to 28. If in the middle of the development of your identity, sexual gratification is introduced at an early age, it is introduced into your development at a state at which it is not proper. I've seen the results of this and what it does to children. I know adult men who were molested by people like you, Professor. I know adult men in their 50s who still suffer because of how you chose to rewire brains. Because you are too weak to rewire your own, Professor. Here's the second clip from this Fredonia philosophy professor, Stephen Kirshnar. There's a couple of things to say here. One is, even if you are looking for a threshold, let's say there's a threshold. I'm I'm making this number up, but let's say it's at age eight. Um, Still, that tells you that some adult child sex is permissible. Second, the notion that it's wrong even with a one-year-old is is not quite obvious to me. There are reports in some cultures of grandmothers filleting their uh, the baby boys to calm them down when when a colicky. Now I don't know if this is true, but this, this is sort of widely reported as occurring in in, in at least one culture, and it, it working that the grandmothers believe believe this actually works. If this were to be true, 
And again, I don't know it to be true. If it were to be true, it's hard to see what would be wrong with it. So yeah, I, I guess I think, no, I, I don't think there's a blanket period beyond which this is permissible. If we're interested in willing participation, which is the way I structured it, then yeah, there's a, there's a point below which people aren't willing participants in anything because they don't have intentions or they don't have the sort of mental states that allow for willing participation. But no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's blanket wrong at any age. Huh. Willing participants. Amazing what people participate in when you're the one who provides their food and housing, professor. It's going to be a little while to recover from this. It really will. You know what? Normally, I would do a sponsor announcement here. I don't want to. I don't want to. I I will say this. Um, If this is a show that you want people to hear, this would be one to share. Take the show where you're listening to it on the podcast. Send this around to people. And I would particularly send it around to folks who really do not understand the the colors being added to the rainbow flag. Because, look, I'll tell you something. People who identify as gay and people who identify as lesbian, um, if you enjoyed watching the trans mafia steal womanhood and, and, mother, and, and manhood and you've watched them trample those things, then you're really going to like it when these guys take control of your your chosen identities or your the, the identities you feel. I don't mean to say you, you probably don't feel like you chose them. So, and I want to be respectful of that. And look, I have my biblical view and you know what it is. And it doesn't remove me from the capacity to love you. I would just tell you that if you are one of the people who's begun flying the rainbow flag, do understand you're going to fly this flag too. Just please understand this. Because when you develop into the all is allowed thing, you no longer are going to have the capacity to say, but that's not allowed, but but it's wrong. Well, why? Well, love. So we can fall back on the words of God Almighty. In fact, not fall back on, stand upon. So this isn't isolated. And I know people want to believe, oh, no, no, no. This is just one weirdo. Yeah, he's weird. Yep, he's dangerous. In my judgment, he's a dangerous man. Except, well, not except, he is dangerous. It's not isolated. We played this for you. Um, I think this was on the radio show. Yeah, I think this was on the radio show. This is a another professor, adjunct, I believe. This is a person who identifies as, quote, trans. A supposed doctor, Alan Walker, spelled A-L-L-Y-N. This appears to be a woman who's had hormonal treatments. Hence the smoky voice and, and hence, in my judgment, my feeling, the confusion. And here, this so-called professor is defending the phrase minor attracted person. This is, yeah, Alan Walker. And Professor Alan Walker has was eventually eventually resigned because there were 15,000 signatures saying, what are you doing and why do you think you get to teach kids? Um, I use the term minor attracted person or math uh, in the title and throughout the book for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, because I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want others to use for them um, and math advocacy groups like Before You Act um, have advocated for use of the term math. Um, they've advocated for it primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. 
Uh, a lot of people, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume that it means a sex offender. Uh, and that isn't true. And it leads to a lot of misconceptions about attractions toward minors. Um, I've definitely heard the idea that you brought up, though, that the use of the term minor attracted person suggests that it's okay to be attracted to children. Uh, but using a term that communicates who someone is attracted to uh, doesn't indicate anything about the morality of that attraction. Uh, from my perspective, there is no morality or immorality attached to attraction to anyone because no one can control who they're attracted to at all. Um, in other words, it's not who we're attracted to that's either okay or not okay. It's our behaviors in responding to that attraction that are either okay or not okay. Uh, and I want to be extremely clear that child sexual abuse is never, ever okay. But having an attraction to minors, as long as it isn't acted on, doesn't mean that the person who has those attractions is doing something wrong. So this is my life verse. It's 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey. We simply can't control to whom we're attracted. Yeah, we can. No, actually we can. We can control the types of attraction. We can turn to the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you know what? Um, I just had a lustful thought. And you can turn to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, I need your help. I don't want this. I will pray and I will that I not take my personal anger as to what I've seen done to children by people like these. Because my anger is profound. And there is a man who takes breath today because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And that's as much as I'm going to say about that. So I do control that. And you can control it with the help of God. Because being washed in baptism, accepting the Holy Spirit gives you, well, the greatest spiritual power that exists. And it allows you to turn to that power to say, please help me. Guys, women, friends, this is why I have been screaming from the rooftops about the perverse pornographic sex ed being shoved down the throats of parents and kids by people who I firmly believe, I firmly believe the boss of the government schools in, in the separate country of Washington, Chris Rakedall, it is my personal assessment and opinion that he is a absolute pervert. It is my personal assessment and personal opinion that he is deeply, deeply compromised. And it is my personal assessment and personal opinion that Chris Rakedall is sick. And that's not isolated. The installation of this stuff in the government schools is not for children. There are no kindergartners saying, 
If only someone would teach me it's fun to touch my clitoris. No one. There are no kindergarten boys saying, I wish my penis was much larger. Unless they have had an adult mess them up. Oh, and the Lord will, will, will not forget. We'll get to that. This is a tweet from a senator for Rhode Island, District 6, a state senator. Uh, She feels the need to tell you she, her, queer, rainbow, reproductive justice advocate, educator, donut lover, rugby player. Opinions do not reflect my employee. My, okay, I think maybe she means employer. Maybe she ran out of space. She posted this on Twitter, really excited for the House sex ed bill hearing later today. Teaching comprehensive, queer inclusive, pleasure-based sex ed was a highlight of my teaching. Of my, of, yeah, of my, of my time teaching. The reason I have been screaming from the rooftops about this is because this is grooming. This is grooming. It's not kind of like grooming. It's grooming. The act of grooming, the way pedophiles work, goes just like this. Now, does she know it's grooming? No, but what she knows is she is her desire. In my judgment, she's a person who says, I want to have sex. Therefore, that's what I am. I am desire. I am appetite. I am lust. Hi. Uh, Hi. Good to meet you. Hi, my name's Todd. Oh, how you doing? I'm lost. What? What do you do for a living? So let's all, all introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Todd. I'm a, a former radio host, a podcaster. And your name is Greg. Hi, I am a lust for children. Huh. This stuff is in your government schools now. You may think it's not in your schools in Mississippi. It is. It's got a strong foothold in Texas. It owns California. Folks, your, your schools, they're Babylon. The government schools are Babylon. They are normalizing this stuff. Find for me the difference in this and grooming by pedophiles. I guess the difference is the teachers don't necessarily want to go out and gratify themselves with the bodies of kids. Maybe that's it. My friend, Zach Abraham, you hear him right here on this program. I want to ask you to tune into his radio show, Know Your Risk Radio. Uh, financial confusion is all over the place because, <laughs> well, in my judgment, the party's blowing up our, our financial model. So you can turn to Zach as a trusted voice of truth. Um, he's a Christian man. And I say that he doesn't walk around saying, hey, I'm a Christian, therefore invest with me because he does not want to use the name of, of God Almighty as a marketing technique. And nor do I, God forbid. Um, And because of who he is, he is willing to tell the hard truths about his industry. You'll learn about the ways in which the the game is rigged, but then also like that's the reality. So how do you play within that and keep your retirement portfolio healthy? And Zach has been super consistent about inflation and money printing and 0% interest rates. He's been super consistent saying those things, those aspects of the rigged system mean that that inflation is very likely going to rise. And it's his opinion when that happens that bonds get crushed. So if you have bonds holding up your portfolio, if that's the safe thing on which your portfolio stands, 
maybe they're not that safe anymore. Maybe you're taking a serious risk with your retirement. Zach is one part financial manager and he's brilliant at it. He's big part teacher. So you'll get Common Sense Investing. It's a free booklet from Bulwark Capital Management. It's their bond replacement strategy. They will teach you how to do it. And you may decide, cool, thanks, Zach. I'm going to go do this. You may decide, you know what, Zach? I want you to do this for me. Uh, it's, it's, it's something I want someone to handle for me. You couldn't pick a person better than Zach. Call now, get your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. (sighs) The reason I've yelled from the rooftops about the perverse pornographic sex ed being shoved into the schools is this. How would a pedophile do it differently? Begin normalizing at the age of five adults showing you pornographic pictures. Begin normalizing at the age of five secret conversations about sex between an adult and the child. And, and they do that. The, 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 the curriculum is filled with, absolutely packed with, don't talk to your parents about sex. It is. Talk to a trusted adult, not your parents. It is filled with, your parents are too conservative and too Christian to understand. It's filled with it. Talk to a trusted adult at the school. So go in private. Talk to a trusted adult about your sexual desires. As a child. That's a pedophile's dream. To be alone with a child discussing sex. The erasing of boundaries is what pedophiles seek. I will take it back to the skating rink. And forgive me if you've heard this story too many times. It was just so profound to me. I watched a man. I've seen him at the skating rink many times. I thought he was just an old dude who liked skating. And he was really good at it. And um, I just watched this man cozy up to my daughter and her uh, her blonde friend. Two blonde little girls. Uh, probably nine years old. I watched him cozy to them. And I was heads up about to skate out to the floor when they skated off the floor and cozy. What do I mean? He was tickling them, trying to tickle them, trying to touch them. And I was going to skate out on the floor and say, Hey, why don't you and I go skating outside together to the man? Well, my daughter and her friend skated over and they sat down and they said, that guy's really creepy. I said, yeah, I'm watching him. And you guys are really brave. You did the right thing by telling me how creepy he is. And they sat down and then he skated up and sat down right between them. And I said, no, 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 no. You can sit over here. Oh, I was just, I said, no, Uh uh-uh. And later he shows up at the table where we're sitting and scoots over next to him. I said, no, again, no. 
Oh, I was just, I said, no, it's no, you're not going to sit here next to the girls. Well, there's my friends. No, they're not. He skates off. And I said, you tell me if he comes near you. And I'm, I'm now going to go find the owners of the rink who are friends. And, and I'm skating around and not, I don't know how long it wasn't that long after that. They, this guy is, he's holding hands with a little girl. He has her hand in his hand. They're skating to the exit. And I skate up and said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I guess, who is this? He goes, oh, she's my friend. Like, what's her name? Uh, well, her mom's my friend and she lives in my apartment building. I said, so you don't know her name? And this woman screams, hey, hey, that's my kid. Hey. And she comes down. I said, do you know him? She said, no, I don't know him. What are you doing with my daughter? I said, will you please take your daughter? We'll deal with this. And this guy starts to leave. So I gathered a bunch of dads. At this point, everybody saw this guy's a pervert. We went skating out to the parking lot and he wants to leave in his car. And my friends come up and one of my friends pulls his truck up behind me. Yeah, you're not leaving. What do you you think you're leaving? Oh, well, I just no, you're not leaving. And the owner of the skate rink, and this guy is lucky to this day that the the, the wife of the owner wasn't there because she would have she would have ended him. And he, we got the video. We called the cops. They come out. This guy was a big time registered sex offender because it's a separate country of Washington. He's out. They searched his car. They found a kill kit. See, you feed these disgusting, evil, satanic desires, and they feed on you. Oh, kill kit? Yeah, that's um, plastic bags and ropes and saws and lime. And I said to the cops, what would have happened? He goes, she would have been dead. Really? Yeah, she would have been dead. What was he doing? Hanging around where kids are. Establishing contact. Making the contact physical. When it didn't work with two eight-year-old girls because they had their wits about them and their father was there, what did he do? He went to the young, young, young four or five-year-old girl. And he used his adult intelligence and then posed his will on her and was about to take her into his car. Because her mind is not developed enough to say, oh, this isn't probably a good idea. This is evil. And God is very clear. Luke 17, one through three, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone Uh, through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. It's talking about little ones, talking about children. Matthew 18, verse six through seven. If anyone causes one of these little ones 
Those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. Professor Stephen Kirshner. You have time to repent. And only God can help you. I'm sorry to end early day. I, I, if I continue today, I'm going to say things. I'm going to say things that I'll regret. This is the Todd Herman Show. We appreciate your support, sharing the show with friends, even tough shows like this. And maybe this is one that someone needs to hear. This is the Todd Herman Show. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind. And of course, for all of us, let's make sure that we, uh, let's be right with God.